Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness. I'm your gorgeous drag hostess, Evil. Just lounging here in my lair of eternal damnation on day 99, ooh, almost 100, of sheltering place, lockdown, quarantine. How are all my listeners out there in podcast land? Are some of you riding the second wave? <laughs> Hopefully that second wave hits all the racist, transphobic, homophobic assholes so we don't have to deal with them later. And if you are one of those racist, transphobic, homophobic assholes in question, what in the hell are you doing listening to me? (laughs) Well, enough of that. Let's get down to the good stuff. Tonight we have four segments. Yes, four. One. The main feature, of course. Two, quick reflections, everyone's favorite. Three, read by evil, back again, finally. And a new segment where I review horror-themed board games called Bored to Death. (laughs) Get it? Board games? Bored to Death? I I thought it was funny. (laughs) So, without further ado... So I thought I'd start with the new segment, why not break it in officially, by reviewing Horrified. Horrified is a board game for one to five players. Yes, you can play with yourself. (laughs) Oh. It's a cooperative game where you are trying to keep your village safe from the classic universal monsters. Each game is around 60 minutes. In this game, you will battle Dracula, the Wolfman, the Mummy, the Creature from the Black Lagoon, the Invisible Man, Frankenstein's Monster, and his Bride. Either individually or a combination of your choosing. The game is easy to set up, and the board, game pieces, and cards are wonderfully illustrated, and gameplay is not complicated at all. I mean, I can do it. There are varying levels of difficulty, depending on how many monsters you want to challenge at a time. And each monster has a unique mm, set of rules to defeat them. Overall, I give this board game 9 out of 10 screaming villagers. (laughs) Happy playing. Now for quick reflections. Tonight we have four quick reflections. So in chronological order... Quick reflection number one, The Blob from 1958. Yes, a very long time ago. Now this is a must-see horror movie classic. A meteor crashes into a small town and two quote-unquote teens uh, go to investigate. Now I say quote-unquote teens because Steve McQueen is one of the teens in this, but he was 28 when he was a teen. He was almost 30, and this person's supposed to be a teenager in this town on a date with this other teenage girl who's only a couple of years younger than him in real life. But I guess they do that all the time. I mean, have you ever seen 90210, the original? They were in their, like, 30s playing teenagers. Anyway, I digress. A meteor crashes into a small town. (laughs) They go to investigate. They find out this thing is attacking, 
uh, they run and try to tell the adults, but all the adults say they're crazy and nothing's wrong. By the time they realize that something is wrong, the blob has grown to insane size and it's eating everything in its wake. Uh, finally, they realize they can't kill it, so they have to freeze it. So they freeze it and they send it to the North Pole. Now they should do a new The Blob where back in the 50s this really happened and they sent it to the north pole but because of climate change it defrosted and then ate the entire planet or probably what's going to happen in august of this year <laughs> knowing our fucking luck quick reflection number two <laughs> is 1996 the frighteners with michael j fox now this is one of my all-time favorites i know i say that a lot but i have a lot of favorites and i don't care I like to watch this one every few months. It's just the right balance between funny, spooky, scary, and a dash of serial killer. <laughs> it's a definite must-see. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Buy it. Do whatever you have to do to see it. It's so good. Well, don't like... Well, do whatever you want. I'm not your boss. Quick reflection number three, also from 1996, is From Dusk Till Dawn. Now you've got Sexy Clooney, you've got Crazy Tarantino, and a tie-in tonight's main feature, Tom Savini. And if you don't know who he is, Google it. Now this is a weird but amazing take on vampires south of the border. Keep an eye out for the full body guitar. <laughs> this is always a fun watch. Definitely a night to have, you know, some nice tequila, some carnitas, maybe some nice tacos. Put this on and have a great old time. Quick reflection number four, 2019's It Chapter Two. Yes, I finally watched this. And it was much truer to the book, which I liked. And it had a few new things thrown in. And that Bill Skarsgård is amazing. Oh my God, just the things he can do with his eyes. Oh, creepy. Uh, I mean, I still love the original uh, miniseries, of course, with um, the amazing Tim Curry. But, you know, this was a great reboot and definitely worth a watch if you want to be scared. <laughs> and that was Quick Reflections. Now for our returning segment, Red by Evil. Tonight, I have two books. The first is Demon Moon, the number one in the Professor Croft series. Now, so far, there are eight in this series with a couple of 0.5 novellas, if you know what I mean. And this series, if you are a fan of the Dresden Files or the Iron Druid, you'll love this one. Because this one's set in New York City with Professor Croft clearly. And he is a professor by day, wizard by night, but he's one of those bad boy wizards that's always in trouble with the council, i.e. Dresden Files-ish, ish, but in New York City. Kind of different. Same universe, kind of different. Still fun, fluff, easy to get through, entertaining. He's very funny. Uh, definitely a, uh, what's the, what's the rating I'm going to do for these? Oh, I know. Four and a half out of five sassy cats. 
And the only way to know what that means is by reading this book. And if you do, or if you have, message me and let me know if you liked it or not. <laughs> okay, second book is The Silver Eyes, the first in the Five Nights at Freddy's trilogy. Now this one is a little bit darker in tone, not nearly as funny, still entertaining, but it's definitely more of a horror, like scary horror book. Uh, it's based on a video game series that I've never played, so I didn't know anything about it going in. Um, it's basically about a group of friends that go back to their hometown 10 years after one of their friends had been abducted as a child. And I mean child, child, because they are roughly 17, 18 in this book. And coming back, so they were like six, seven, eight when one of them was abducted. So I don't, I honestly don't remember any friends I had when I was six, seven, or eight. Mostly because I blocked most of that out. You know, early 1800s and all. Yeah, so a bunch of friends that are now on their way to possibly be going into college, I guess, if they're lucky enough. Uh, go back to hometown, find out what happened to their uh, friend who was abducted. No spoilers, but it does take some twists and turns and has a very interesting ending. It's a very satisfying ending, I believe. And I give that, ooh, what do I give that? I give that four out of five slices of pizza. <laughs> and again, you'll have to read the book to figure out why. And that was read by evil. <laughs> now for tonight's main feature. Enjoy. We are talking about The Burning from 1981. <laughs> now, I, again, no surprise, have never seen this movie. But since seeing this movie a few days ago, I have seen nothing but, you know, references to memes from pictures of in other people's feeds in just random places and i don't know if this is just you know google and you know siri and alexa sh uh <laughs> listening to me or you know eavesdropping on my life but it's very weird how it just all of a sudden I see this thing that I've never seen. Sorry, I didn't understand that. See, you hear her listening. This is something that I've never seen just kind of pops up all of a sudden. That was from 81. I don't know. It just seems a little fishy. But anyway, I really like the movie, so it's fine. Uh, so let's jump right in. So the burning starts right from a cold open. And they go into Camp Blackfoot. And you see this little group of boys slash men... Uh, maybe one person was under 20 in that group. I'm just saying. They have a lot of adult actors playing teenagers. They're clearly pulling a prank on someone. And you find out the person they're going to pull a prank on is the caretaker counselor of Camp Blackfoot, whose name was Cropsy. And apparently Cropsy is a douche. And they do not like him and they want to scare him. And they have this box and they're going to put it in his room. You know, and they're sneaking around and it's very quiet. And it's setting up the mood beautifully. And they get in his little house, hut, shack, whatever. And they set up the thing and the guy has to light it. And I thought it was going to be a bomb or something. I was like, good lord, how much do you hate this person? But it wasn't a bomb. So 
he lights it and he sneaks outside and they're all at the window tapping it trying to get him to wake up and look at it and so he wakes up and he looks over and it's this skull that has like worms coming out and there's two candles in where the eye holes are i'm like okay this is the dumbest thing but apparently it scared the shit out of this guy i mean he goes nuts hits the skull and it falls onto his blankets and catches fire. And then he starts thrashing about, spreading the fire. And then he jumps off his bed and kicks over what? A can of gasoline. And that explodes. I'm like, this is this was not well thought out by these children. And so then he bursts out the door, completely covered in flames. And what does he do? Does he stop, drop, and roll? No. No, no, no. He just keeps running around on fire, completely engulfed in fire, just running around finally he runs towards the lake which is not right by his little cabin shack and then he runs into the water and you see all the kids going oh shit we're gonna be in trouble so then cut to the hospital it's like a week later and (laughs) you get this uh nurse orderly guy talking to a newish doctor i'm guessing who just transferred to this hospital And he's like, oh, you got to see this. You got to see this. And, you know, I've seen some crazy stuff, but this, oh, it's terrible. So how long have you been working here? I've started working Sunday. Oh, yeah, you like your job? Yeah, it's fine. Great. (laughs) When you see what I've seen, you soon change your mind. Hey, listen, after two months of working here, you're going to feel like an old man. Guys like you won't last five minutes. Hey, listen, you got a minute? No, I I want to show you something down the hall. After you see this guy, you'll never want to come back in here again. Man, this guy's burned so bad, he's cooked a fucking Big Mac overdone. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a miracle he's still alive. Was me, I prefer to be dead. No way I'd want to be like this freak. He's a monster, man. And he takes him over to where Cropsy is. And he's in a little burn ward inside a little burn tent. And then you get a jump scare where the Cropsy grabs the guy's arm and the little scaredy doctor runs away. It's a really weird setup for a movie, but, you know. Then there's the title sequence, the burning, of course. And then it's five years later. We're still at the same hospital. And there's this voiceover of all the doctors and, I'm guessing, nurses that he's dealt with over the last five years, telling him, you know, the skin grafts didn't take, you know, it's going to take time to adjust, you uh, don't be angry at those kids, it was an accident, even though they totally... I mean, it was an accident, but had they not put fire near him, it probably wouldn't have happened. It's been a long struggle, but now that you've regained your strength, it's time for you to leave. Considering how badly you were burned, you're lucky to be alive. The first few months outside would be the hardest. We're sorry. The skin grafts just didn't take. There's nothing more we can do for at least six months. I know you still resent those kids, but try not to blame anyone for what happened. It was an accident. Purely an accident. You've got to forget your hatred. Control your feelings for revenge. Anger and resentment won't bring back the past. You may find it difficult at first to adjust to a normal life again, but with time, you will adjust. But, you know, if he wasn't a dick, those children wouldn't have tried to prank him. I don't know, I'm just saying. Anyway, so he leaves the hospital. Anytime you are in the POV of Cropsy, it's like Vaseline on the lens around the uh, 
his POV, so it's all blurry around the edges, which I'm guessing is because his eyelids and eyes were burnt, so that's what you're supposed to be seeing is kind of blurry through his uh, POV. So anytime you're seeing through his eyes, this is how you're seeing it. And so he's walking down the streets of, I don't know, undisclosed city. And, <laughs> and first thing he does is he picks up a prostitute. Now, this isn't a young prostitute. This isn't a thin prostitute. This is the prostitute that's been doing this for a long time, and she gave up a long time ago. But girls gotta make her money. She takes him up to her place, which is, you know, very weird for a prostitute. Then again, I've never hired a prostitute, because, you know, I've never had to pay for it uh, uh, yet. And, um, <laughs> and so she takes him up to her little apartment, and he's like, turn off the lights. So she turns off the lights. Or he turns off the lights. Somehow the lights are off. And she's starting to undress. She's like, come on, come on. I've got money to make. i got to get back out there or whatever. And then she turns a light on and she sees his face. And she's like, no, no, don't. And he grabs a pair of scissors and just fucking kills her. And shoves her out the window. I was like, okay. I get it. I get it. You are upset. That is fine. Cut to Camp Stonewater. So we started off five years and one week ago at Camp Blackfoot. Now we are at Camp Stonewater. And there's girls and guys, but the girls are all playing baseball and running around. And the guys are just sitting there ogling them and, you know, being pervy and being kids. Technically, they're not kids, though. You can tell they're early 20s. Um, and we get a shot of young Jason Alexander you'll all know from Seinfeld but he is early 20s I think he's 22 in this movie playing a 15 16 year old but he's very cute full head of hair little chubby but so cute and he's like the funny guy of this movie so he's always cracking a joke which is you know very cute so the girls are playing baseball and the ball flies off into the woods and one of the girls goes to get it and while she's searching for the ball you see the POV shot with the Vaseline around the edge watching her getting closer to her and closer to her and the people out there are like just leave it we have another ball we have another ball he's getting closer and closer and then she finds the ball and leaves <laughs> this happens a lot uh, but we do get to see in that little time the killer's new choice of weapon or choice of weapon I guess would be garden shears and I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Because you know how Freddy has the glove, Jason has the machete, Michael Myers has the butcher knife. Well, Cropsy, spoiler, has garden shears. So I like it. It's, it's its own play, its own thing on the, you know, slasher thing. I mean, I love camp movies. I've always wanted to go to camp as a little evil, but it wasn't to be. But some of my most favorite horror movies are camp-based. Maybe that's why. Hmm. Who needs therapy? I have breakthroughs on my own. Because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, think of all the movies that are set in uh, camps. So you've got Friday the 13th, all of them. Well, not all of them, but most of them. You've got Sleepaway Camp. Hello. Adam's Family Values. <laughs> camp Wanakiki. All the rest, you know. Dry Queens will get that last joke. Uh, <laughs> now we are at the obligatory 
shower scene, aka boob shot. And the girl in the shower hears noises. Because you know the showers are out in the fucking woods when you go to camp. I guess. I don't know. Never been. So you get the fake out and it's the girl screaming and you're like, oh, she's dead. No, again, complete fake out. There was a pervy boy trying to scare her in the showers. And then you get, uh, and that boy's name is Alfred and he's going to be our main guy. I guess he's like the final guy. Yeah. So this movie wasn't a final girl movie. It was a final guy movie. Ooh, that's different. Anyway, so you get the two head counselors, Todd and the girl. I cannot remember her name and I didn't write it down. So whatever. Speaking of which, I write, handwrite all my notes. So if you hear paper rustling, get over it. Best friends. Um, so anyways, you get the, you see the head counselor, Todd, who is super hot. And you get the head female counselor who is, I don't want to say she's uptight because she is head counselor and she's in charge of all these girls, but she is like, no fun, no laughing, no having fun. (laughs) She's very strict. And I'm like, this is summer camp. You're supposed to have a little fun. I mean, i.e. scaring a girl in the shower is a little pervy and not great, but you know, whatever. So the head counselor takes Alfred back to his main cabin or whatever. He's like, what the hell were you doing? You know, you get sent home for this. You don't do this. I was in camp five years ago. Bum, bum, bum. And I got in trouble, but I didn't just get in trouble. I got sent home for what I did. <gasps> what did you do five years ago? What happened five years ago? Huh, weird. Okay, so... Alfred gets yelled at by the counselor and he goes to leave. And then we meet the camp bully, Glazer. Glazer, who is also apparently infatuated with the girl that he scared in the shower. So he's threatening little poor Alfred. And Glazer is not attractive, not smart, but he's muscly, so he gets away with things. You want to break your legs, huh? I'm going to twist your head off. I'm going to tell you just one time. You stay away from my girl. You understand that? Huh? What are you staring at, you little fucking weirdo, huh? Look, I'm warning you. If I even catch you looking at her, I'm going to tear you up so bad, your own mother won't recognize you. You dig? And so he's threatening Alfred, and then Todd sees them, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And then they have their little interlude. Glazer, what's your problem? Oh, no problem, Todd. No problem. All right, get out of here. Understand? And remember, it's a long summer. The little jerk gives me the creeps. Yeah, when was the last time you won a personality contest, Glazer? Hey, what's the matter, Todd? You ought to ease up on me, man. You're coming down on the wrong guy. He's the one that was caught looking at the girls in the shower. You ought to be coming down hard on him. You know what your problem is? No, man, what's my problem? You can't take anyone your own size. Oh, yeah, well, that's bullshit. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. You cause any problems for any kid on this camp, I'm gonna bust your ass. Now, cut to... 
the lake swimming scene and all the like camp nerd boys who are with Alfred and um, Jason Alexander's character and two of the other characters, they're all like, oh, it's easy. You just go swimming. It's fine. I mean, your head is the heaviest part of your body and where that goes, your body will follow. So just dive in. And he's like, I can't, I can't. So they all jump in. And then you see somebody running up behind Alfred and they shoves him in the water. And it's clearly Glazer being a douche. They have to pull poor Alfred out of the water because apparently he can't swim very well. I'm like, why the hell are you by the lake if you can't swim? Just don't go out on the pier. So anyways, Glazer jumps in and he, uh, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Uh, swims out to this like little, like floating, uh, island where all the girls are and he's like hitting on the girls and it's just so lame and they're just like what are you doing and he's like hey you want to go swim with me and she's the one girl's like no i don't want to get my hair wet i'm like how the fuck do you get out there if you didn't swim out there i guess you can swim without getting your hair wet uh i don't know anyway so <laughs> i just go on and on so anyway uh glazer's out there talking to these girls and the boys are like okay we've had this and one pulls out a little like pistol bb gun which i didn't know they made those i thought all bb guns were like the rifle looking kind but apparently it's this little hand held one so they proceed to shoot glazer in the ass and then three of them including jason alexander moons him so you get to see some man ass in this movie i was like oh hello and jason alexander's chubby little butt and so then, and then one of the big girls on the pontoon shoves Glazer in the water. And you know, that's that. And it's all very fun. And, you know, I don't know what camp life would be like. So now cut to this weird, I don't know, part where all the boys are in their bunk area. And it's Jason Alexander and his crew with Alfred and Glazer's up on one of the beds. And Jason Alexander comes in with this brown paper bag he's like okay here's your stuff and he's handing out porno magazine and the one guy wanted condoms but he got the wrong kind and it's just like oh how do you do boys how are you doing whoa he's under he's up he's in there all right who ordered the uh, playboy over here dave did you get my hustler uh Hustler, what do you want with Hustler, Woodstock? You're too small. Hey, size never stopped, Woody. That's the world bantamweight jerk-off champ over there, huh? Just stick with me, kid. Keep flexing the muscle, huh? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's what was happening, because clearly teenage boys are going to jerk off constantly. But I don't know. It just seems so weird that he was like, how did? Where did he go to get like porno magazines and condoms in the woods? I mean, I. I don't know. Does, like, the Keebler elves have a side business somewhere? I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. Uh, then we get to the mess hall scene. So many extras. So many extras. They had a ton of people in this movie, but they only centered around so many. Glazer won't hit stop hitting on that shower girl. Through the first part of this movie, you keep hearing certain people talk about the canoe trip. Oh, the canoe trip's coming up. Oh, the canoe trip. Blah, 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 blah. So, and apparently... There's going to be a canoe trip to Devil's Creek for three days. And as all the upper, not I don't want to say upperclassmen, the older kids uh, get to go on this canoe trip because obviously they're the better swimmers and they've been there or whatever. 
fake out shot of one of the boys i think his name is woodstock he's the really skinny one who wants to get bulked up so he's like i need my vitamin e for with dinner i don't know if that bulks you up but anyway he goes and he's going off alone to his cabin while everybody else is at the mess hall and he's going alone and then you see the pov shot with the vaseline around the edge oh no cropsy's coming and he's in his bunk and it's dark because he didn't turn on the light, which why would you? Because you're looking for something. And he's digging through his bunk and then you see a shadow come in the door. You hear the floorboards creak as he's walking towards him. And you see the boy look up and he flashes his light. And it's Todd, the hot counselor, followed him out there. Now this is the point in a different kind of movie where they would have been like, what are you doing out here? Do you need help? But they didn't. He's just like, come on, let's go back to the mess hall. So again, another fake out. Cropsy doesn't kill him there. So there's a lot of stalking going on in this movie, which I like. And you never see Cropsy. Like, you've never seen him. You see him barely at the very beginning before he gets burnt. And then you don't see him again for a very, very long time, which is a great idea. And it builds up imagine more. So you're using your imagination, and that's scarier than some of the monsters they make. You know what I mean? Whole thing. So now cut to, it's canoe day. And they are canoeing down the river, and all of a sudden it's this really high tempo, like banjo music, and then all of a sudden they have a water fight with the paddles. And then it's done and you know they just continue paddling cut to obligatory scary story around the campfire time and todd the head counselor is telling the story of cropsy the caretaker at camp blackfoot across the lake from where they are and apparently cropsy is a story if you grew up in the northeast like new york new jersey area it's actually a real story that people tell around campfires there was a camp not far from here just across the lake it was called camp blackfoot no one goes there anymore everything burnt down there's nothing left except the ruins now this camp had a caretaker a really evil bastard and his name was cropsy Everyone hated Cropsy. For a start, he was a drunk. Two bottles of whiskey a day, no problem. Like, most of the time, he's somewhere out in space. But if he caught you, look out. Because Cropsy could strip the paint off the walls just by breathing on them. <laughs> now, this Cropsy was a sadist. I mean, he got real pleasure out of hurting scaring them and he had these garden shears you know the kind with long thin blades he carried them all the time wherever he went and he had this kind of 
demonic way of looking at you. One time, this Cropsy really went after this kid from Brooklyn. Followed him around night and day. He made this kid's life a living hell. But this time, he chose the wrong guy. Because the kid and some of his buddies had planned a little prank that would scare the living shit out of Cropsy. Only problem was, the gag went wrong. The next thing anyone knows, Cropsy's trapped alive and burning in his bunk. They try to get him out, but the fire's so fierce they can't reach him. All they can do is stand outside and listen to him cry out in agony. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. And as he screamed out, burned alive, he cried out, I will return! I will have my revenge! They never found his body. He survived. He lives on whatever he can catch. Eats them raw, alive, no longer human. Right now, he's out there, watching, waiting. Don't look. He'll see you. Don't move. He'll hear you. So then there's the fake scare with the real knife, which was dumb, but you know, it happens. It happens in all kinds of movies. It happens in Friday the 13th. Also, these teenagers are all played by 20 year olds. I mean, I guess they've got to do that because there are a bunch of nude scenes, but these are definitely like 16, 17, 18 year olds, maybe 18. But who goes to camp? Not, not 18 year olds. They've got to be like 15, 16 or so. Anyway. Now we get to the also obligatory skinny dipping part. And we know this will end bad because every time people do what? Drugs or have sex in scary movies, you're gonna get killed. I'm sorry, you just are. We get the girl and a guy, I don't remember their names. They weren't really important to the story. And the guy's already in the water, already naked. He's like, come on, come on. He's a little pervy and a little pressury. And then, like, he won't stop. So she's like, fuck you, I'm getting out. So he was, you know, pushing her limits. And she said no and left. And he was like, well, fine. So he stays in the water, naked. She gets out. All her clothes are gone. Well, where'd the clothes go? Well, there's one hanging on a tree limb. One piece. And there's another a little ways further. Oh, and there's another. So she just slowly follows this trail of breadcrumbs of her clothes, which I thought was amazing because i'm sorry at this point i'm just like okay who the fuck is leaving all my clothes out like this you know is it another one of the pervy boys from camp is it one of the girls i don't know i would have been afraid and made that boy come with me i'm just saying so then we get the killer pov again and we get our first kill in camp this girl gets killed in the weirdest way because he has these shears, but he doesn't use them like shears. First, he slits her throat with one side like a knife. Which I'm like, well, you've got shears and you didn't use them like shears. He just used one like a knife. Then we cut to the next morning. The boy is asleep and the counselors are like, where is this girl? She went off with you. What did you do with her? He's like, I didn't do anything with her. She left me naked in the water. So while the counselors are interrogating him one of the other campers uh yells hey the canoes are gone 
So the counselors look at each other and go, oh, the girl must have left to go back to camp and took one of the canoes and accidentally sent them all away. I don't know. So they're like, okay, let's split up and go look for the canoes. Uh, there's only one way the canoes are going to be is going to be downstream. Why do you have to split up to do that? Didn't make sense. So they finally realize that these canoes are gone. So they decide they're going to make a raft. And they're going to like collect wood and all this. And they make the raft. So then they elect certain people to paddle back to get more help. Well, as they're paddling back, they spot one of the canoes. And they're like, oh, look, one of our canoes. And now one of the boys is like, that's not our canoe. And they're like, yes, it is. And it's really, it's weird because as they're paddling up to the canoe, it looks seriously like right out of uh, the first, the end of the first um, Friday the 13th because it's like a calm lake and a green canoe. And all of a sudden I expected, you know, Jason to jump out and like pull him down. But what happens instead Cue ominous music. Killer jumps out and starts killing everyone and stabbing and chopping off fingers. And it's amazing. And they're just standing there screaming while he's going at them with garden shears. Nobody tries to hit him with a paddle or swim away or anything. But it is a really cool scene because you see fingers chopped off and blood spurting. And uh, someone gets hit across the head with the shears. It's a really cool kill scene. And we still haven't seen the killer's face at all you see his hands you see the garden shears but that's it i really really like how they're not showing you this on purpose now i did read that the uh makeup effects guy tom savini who we all know from other movies like friday the 13th uh from dust till dawn other stuff he worked on the cropsy uh makeup and he also did a bunch of the special effects and he didn't do uh, friday the 13th 2 because he wanted to do this movie there were apparently a lot more shots of the cropsy monster but they cut them all out to make it more suspenseful and to make you use your imagination more which i thought was a great idea and more uh horror movies should do that because sometimes it's you see it too soon it's a little ruined and then you see it all through the thing and you're like okay we get it okay so now we're back with all the people who didn't go on the raft and they're milling around doing whatever and the one girl the shower girl i never got her name and glazer are now in their hookup scene <laughs> you hear these noises of the girl going oh 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 and him and then he finishes really fast and we get this very um interesting dialogue But we also get a nice butt shot of Glazer, who has a very nice butt. 
even though he's kind of a douche. So he leaves to go get some matches so they can make a fire because clearly he didn't warm her up and they need to do it again. So when he's gone, the girl gets sheared. And I don't mean like a sheep. Alfred sees Glazer come back for the matches and he follows Glazer. I don't know why Alfred is so obsessed with Glazer. There is something weird about that whole thing because you always see him kind of watching Glazer. And I, maybe it's because the girl is always with him, the one that he scared in the shower. Maybe he does like her, but I don't know. It's very weird. He is always kind of watching, which is kind of pervy and I don't know. So Alfred is watching Glazer. As uh, Glazer gets close to the girl, it looks like she's sleeping in the little, uh, what is that called? Sleeping bag. And he pulls back just enough. And then all of a sudden, wham, the killer stabs Glazer in the throat and lifts him up by the shears and carries him and sticks him into a tree. I was like, that is amazing. Alfred, having seen this, runs back and finds Todd asleep shirtless which is very nice because Todd is super hot um so he tries I'm like he's telling him oh god something's happened Glazer is you know hurt I followed him I shouldn't have followed him you know I was being perv but he's dead you need to come right now so he finally convinces him and takes Todd to where Glazer is he sees Glazer and then all of a sudden wham the killer hits Todd with the shears in his head and like gives him a light little cut but he knocks him out and then he sees alfred and so he starts running after alfred luckily todd is okay <laughs> and he wakes up and starts to run back to where all the other campers are to tell them what's happened cut to the rest of the kids by the uh river with the female counselor and all of a sudden they see the raft floating back towards them and they're like well that's weird and there's nobody on it and they think it's a joke and jason alexander is there making little jokes and the head counselor she's like i don't think this is a joke i'm gonna go see so she swims out to the raft and this scene is also great because all of a sudden as she gets to the raft, a, a hand falls out on her, a bloody hand, and then one of the bodies surfaces right next to her, which doesn't make any sense, but it was a great shock uh, shot, so we forgive it. And then we see Todd on the opposite side of the bank of the river. How he got over there, I don't know, because there's no bridges. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we see him see what's happening. So he goes over there while Alfred is still running through the woods away from Cropsey. The rest of the kids and the female counselor all get on the raft and they're rowing back to camp. Cut to Todd with an axe. Where did you get an axe? Running through the woods, trying to find Alfred. Now, again, it's uh, the final boy. Zuh. Todd and Alfred. So then Alfred finally runs into these ruins. It looks like these old buildings and you come to find out it's an old copper mine that the uh, filming crew just stumbled upon and they're like, yes, this is where we're going to do it. Originally they were going to do the ending of this movie in a cave, but the two caves they scouted out, one had bats and the other caved in while they were scouting it. <laughs> so those were no-goes, but they did the end in a copper mine, which is actually a really cool 
um, set up because there's all these like shadowy areas and you know the ruins and the walls and you see Alfred going through these uh, ruins trying to get away from Cropsey. As that's happening, Cropsey grabs him, drags him away. Doesn't kill him. He just drags him away. Drags him into the one of the buildings of the mine. As he's screaming, Todd hears him. So he goes running towards Alfred. Then Cropsey slams Alfred up against this wooden wall and he stabs the uh, shears into the wall, pinning his arm to the wall between the two blades. I don't know if you can envision that, if you haven't seen the movie. He's stuck to the wall with his arm between the shears, so he can't get down. But honestly, if you just wiggled the shears with your other hand, you could have got free really easy. But whatever. So Todd is running all around, sweaty with his shirt open. Then you see Todd go into this building, and Cropsey has a giant flamethrower. But he's not aiming at anything, really. He's just kind of walking around with this flamethrower. Then you see Todd see the flames. And then you see the flashback of all those boys at that camp at the beginning. And Todd was one of those boys. <gasps> Who knew? Oh, wait, I did. <laughs> so he was one of the boys who set fire to Cropsey. And he, you know, is responsible for all of this. Music builds and then off. And he turns the fire flame off and the music stops and then nothing. So then he looks for Alfred again, and the killer could be anywhere in here. Because, there, again, there's so many shadows and places and jump scare. And then we finally get to see the killer, and he's all horribly burned, and one of his eyes is almost closed. And Tom Savini, who did the makeup on this, said he only had three days to do this makeup, and he wasn't happy with it. But it is very scary, though it is only his, like, neck up. And the rest of him is in like a black outfit. But it is pretty creepy. And since you haven't seen him through this whole movie, seeing him now at almost the end is very shocking. So it's axe versus flamethrower. And Todd is down. And the killer is coming. And Alfred finally gets free and stabs the killer with the garden shears. And he falls and he saves Todd. And then the police show up ish they're in a helicopter and they haven't landed yet but they're near where uh, the campers were at the beginning so they're actually of no help at all so wait does that mean it's over the police are here they've stabbed the killer of course not the killer grabs alfred so todd axes his head into a post okay he's clearly dead now but if he wasn't Alfred decides, let's just set him on fire and make sure. So you've got Cropsey, stabbed with garden shears, axed through the head into a post, so he's basically hung to the wall with an axe, and then they set him on fire. Again. Uh, I think he's dead now. But then it cuts to another camp counselor telling the story around a campfire, was this all just the story the counselor was telling? And that's the end. Now this movie, not a lot of funny to it. I mean, there are a few funny things here and there. Jason Alexander does his best. Um, but it's mostly like pervy guys, uh, kind of uptidy women. But I mean, you'd be uptight too around all these pervy guys. Prostitutes, killer. The woods, scary stories around the campfire. 
uh, all in all, this is a pretty, pretty good slasher movie for especially the height of the slasher craze in the 80s. You had your own uh, killer that was born out of legends in the Northeast. And was this whole movie just the legend being told around the campfire? Or was this the start of the legend? You know, I mean, I like how it was kind of open-ended at the end. The acting was good. The uh, special effects were good. The music was good. All in all, a good movie. And again, how have I never seen this? God, I've lived a horror-sheltered life. So, before I forget, let's do the rating. Ooh, what should I rate this? Well, it's definitely going to be an 8. I'm going to give it an 8, because I didn't... I didn't like the overt perviness of the guys and the very kind of uh, rapiness of them because they were a little too forward, some of these guys. And they were also very old, which made it very kind of weird and creepy. Uh, but again, 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 bare asses. How about that? <laughs> oh, so that was that was a roller coaster. Well, again, that was 1981's The Burning. Definitely a must-watch, at least to say you've seen it once, just to see you uh, say that you've seen Jason Alexander young with hair and very cute. And yeah, please follow me on social medias. You've got Evil Queen SF on both Instagram and Twitter. You've got Reflections of Darkness on Instagram. You've got ROD underscore podcast on Twitter. Feel free to send me any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, whatevers. And yeah, until next time, keep watching scary movies. They never found his body, but they say his spirit lives in the forest. This forest, a maniac, a thing no longer human. They say he lives on whatever he can catch. He's the Marois, alive maybe. And every year he picks on a summer camp and seeks his revenge for the terrible things those kids did to him. Every year he kills. Right now he's out there watching, waiting. So don't look, he'll see you. Don't breathe, he'll hear you.